from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, March 22nd, 2013. This is the Relevant Podcast, the weekly show where we, the team behind Relevant Magazine, bring you interviews, music, and absolutely important, completely serious news that affects your life. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. This week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. They have over 100,000 audiobooks, including great books like the brand new one from Rob Bell called What We Talk About When We Talk About God and John Acuff's Quitter. Check it out. Uh, relevant podcast listeners can get a free audiobook and a 30-day trial of the service by signing up at this very specific URL, audiblepodcast.com slash relevant. Take advantage. We appreciate their sponsorship. Support audible.com. Here with me in our Orlando studios is the very lovely Maya Strang. Hello, everybody. To her left, with a forearm tattoo that I just recently realized looks like varicose <laughs> veins, Tyler Huckabee. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> There's no response. Over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Hello, friends. And on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, back in black after missing a week mm. to have a baby, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. I, I am, in fact, back after becoming a father. I, I just want you to know, if you ever pull that stunt again, <laughs> last week's podcast was difficult, laborious. It was, it was a chore to do without you, Jesse. You, we lost you, five sponsors. Your presence, <laughs> your pre, your, the lack of your presence was the best job security you could have ever given yourself. <laughs> to let well, us experience I, life without you, that was awful. You Don't would have again. fooled me because in listening to it it, 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 it really seemed seamless. Like, I got nervous. It was so good. Well, that's the brilliance of the editor. Did you listen to it, Jesse? <laughs> I don't know if that's an editor. I, I will say, I listened to all but the end. Uh, I've had, you know. Oh, the end. It, that's where we talked about it. The you. end was oh, really good. good. The end was okay. really strong. Oh, really, it was we, a really strong finish. We finished on a high note. <laughs> Things, we stuck the landing. Yeah. I, I'll, be, I'll be honest. The, I really was intrigued to listen uh, more than typically. Because I I wanted to hear Cameron's story about his encounter with Dwight Howard. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. 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 which didn't disappoint. Yeah. Oh, it did. Just that it was it was a great. Uh, I felt like I was there, and I wanted to be there, but I felt like I was there. My voice still hasn't actually recovered. I mean, it's better now because I have. I'm on my third cup of hot tea this morning, mm-hmm. but I had an exciting thing happen on Friday. So so listeners of last week's show knows that I'm a very mature. Put together, uh-huh. accomplished mid thirties young professional, with a with a particularly rational attitude about professional <laughs> athletes and their decisions to switch teams. Yes, that's right. how I've described you. Yes, yeah. lots of friends. So, so no, I get no criticism at all from people in the Christian community about how I <laughs> hold myself and, and uh, showcase my Your Christian faith in, in the public sphere at sports arenas. Uh, anyway. So, uh, you know, CBS Sports used this photo of the game, and they put they put text on it, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this, I mean, listen, literally, I went to the first Magic game in 1989, and I was in the back row of the upper bowl, okay? I was, uh, the, 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 you know. Look at me now, Dwight. 
All I'm saying is two steps away from you. <laughs> a methodical, you know, people talk about having life plans and goals and stuff. I had a goal that every year I wanted to get a little bit closer to the court. And mm-hmm. finally, this year was the first year I was able to buy a, a, a floor seat for a game. And and so a game, yeah, a game, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not multiple games. So this Achievable was, goals. This you, picked, you picked right. the game. The right you game. picked the right game. Right. So, but 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 why would I want to get closer and closer every year? It's to you know, engage the players and, and be part of it and, you know, really be there. Because the further away you are... The it's the same reason you want to be close at a concert. Right. Like you want to experience it. You want to be it in as it. Close as you but, can be. But, but even beyond that, at this point, you're sort of the sixth man because they're actually... Not only can they actually hear you, it's conceivable that you can change the outcome of the game with your words. Conceivable. <laughs> so, so, so that's the ultimate dream is that you do finally get down there and do something that, that you know, kind of affects... Or, you know, kind of sets the tone. You know, you just want to be part of it. Anyway, that happened for me when I was engaging Dwight Howard. And and then it's like, I mean, beyond my wildest, that at that exact moment, a photographer captures the moment mm-hmm. of me pop veins like your tattoo, screaming at <laughs> Dwight Howard. My, and it's captured. wasn't and nearly as awesome as my tattoo. national sports media <laughs> runs the picture. I mean, so it's just like, okay... This is just like the achievement from fan, from a fan perspective. This is the ultimate achievement. Okay. That's the closest you're going to get to being an NBA player. It's right all now. downhill from here. Well, okay. yeah, like this you was got your the coverage, you got you the proximity. Gonna... You know, you got the exposure. That's the closest you're ever. It's gonna the get. trifecta, and so yeah. it's like I have to get this photo. I have to mm-hmm. because the only one we have was the web resolution from CBS Sports Facebook page. It had the words on it. And they said, "Welcome back to White Question Mark." And so I I contacted CBS Sports. And, and, and didn't hear back. So then I contacted them via Facebook, and they wrote me back. And I said, hey, I was the guy in that picture. Where'd you get it? Like, can I license it from you guys? And, and, and they wrote back, and they said, well, we actually licensed it from USA. They wrote me back, number one. So kudos to CBS Sports social media team. Mm-hmm. We licensed it from USA Today Sports. You know, here's a direct link to the photo, but, you know, it's like pro license, so I don't know what... The, but you can just deal with them. So I contacted USA Today Sports and said, I'm the guy in this photo. I would really like... To, to buy it. Is there mm-hmm. any way I could print this out? And you signed it, Dwight Howard. <laughs> help me help yeah. me achieve my dream. Yeah. Love Dwight, Dwight. Howard at Love Yahoo. Dwight. Yahoo.com yeah, is yeah. where the email address you use. They wrote back and they're like, yeah, sorry, no. You know, we don't do that. It's only for editorial usage. And we're like, oh my God. And then I remember. I said, uh, "Hello." We run a magazine. <laughs> so, so I, Maya and I were uh, on a trip in New York. So you called back with a British accent. <laughs> so I, I'm like, "Okay, we got to use this photo, and then I can legitimately license it." Well, this was last Friday, and so I knew that we were talking about that shot on the podcast, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, we need the shot for the podcast episode page. This is 100 percent legitimate." So I wrote the guy back. I was like. Okay, so scratch that request I just sent. Ignore that one. I'm actually legitimate. I have a magazine. We're going to use it, you know, whatever. And he licensed it to Relevant. And so I got the photo. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm on cloud nine. I'm on cloud nine that I have that picture. Is it, fr- is it framed? Talk- I haven't seen it. No, anywhere. I haven't printed it yet. But we'll hang it in the office. So oh, it's yeah. 100% relevant. Totally. So this is a legit above board. Could we make, Could make it a carpet? Like when we walk in, mm. something like that. We a could- carpet? <laughs> People do that, like I put, like I pictures, rug, billboard, yeah. pictures. You could do right that. Right off I four. <laughs> yeah, I had a really good sports week. <laughs> I just, and you're still coming down from the high. Oh right? man, I mean, come on, this is going to be a month. 
I told Maya this is the only printing that picture out is the only thing the only birthday present I ever want for the rest of my life because <laughs> oh, they will never, really? they will never match that that's recorded they will never match you will never be able to get me a better birthday present than that picture Maya from now on you can only disappoint him on <laughs> <laughs> yep anyway. you just give it to like give him that picture in a different form every birthday yeah, like every birthday. On, a, on a coffee mug on a t-shirt this can happen things remembered you can go in there and they will take a picture and put it on like one of those woven Afga- Afghan oh, heck yeah. blankets. Yeah. I want to throw like a serving dish. A throw. Yeah. Yeah. A, throw. Yeah. Yeah. a nice cheese throw platter. <laughs> you can wrap yourself in your yelling for Dwight. <laughs> hey, guys. I got some uh, pepper jacks and mozzarella sticks. Oh, oh, look at that picture under there. Oh, that's me and Dwight. Weird. Here, have some more cheese. Weird. Just dump I'm going to go back for another help. Dump everything on it on the floor. There. Can we get a commemorative plate that we can display on this? Mm-hmm. That picture will be on various March 12th items. will be your anniversary. Yeah, every March 12th, <laughs> you need to get me that picture on something else. All right. can, can you have it airbrushed on an oversized white t-shirt? <laughs> I'm sure. With like pink lettering that has the date on it. I'll, I'll get it where you can do images on, um, get it printed with edible ink and put it on a cake for you. Can we, can we, can we, can we airbrush idea. onto it? Never forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll be that, that moment. Never forget. Yeah. We will rebuild. <laughs> with the date. <laughs> with the the date. March 12th, 2000. <laughs> or what if it just had your birthday, like your the day you were born and that day. And it's kind of, sort of like a weird memorandum because you know it's only downhill from here. <laughs> it could be your business card, but there's nothing, your name's not on it, no email address, just the picture. Oh. And you just hand it out to people. My card, Cameron Strong. I will say this, it'd be memorable. If, you know, I got, I got a few decades left in my life, and if I ever try to do anything serious with them, that photo will... <laughs> Come up. Well, it's, a, I mean? it's a big moment for the dance party. Are you? Sure. Yeah. Are you concerned? Like, let's say you legitimately want to run for office one day. I don't. You know? Okay. Do you think it would it would hurt or help? That's a good I think question. it would absolutely hurt. In Orlando, it would help. Wait, you said hurt? I think it would absolutely hurt me. See, I think it shows you, you're someone who's got passion. Yeah. You can spin this. You can. Yeah. You're going to need the court, a good If you let the media take let control Jesse of it, then of course it'll be negative. But that's okay. But there's the a way for you to tackle media this. media would love to sink their teeth into this one. You need to get out in front of it right now. I would say you're a man of passion. You need to take action. You don't take no crap from anybody. I'm a planner. I'm a planner. I circled the date. I made arrangements. I knew what I wanted to do. I was prepared. It's not just anybody who could get that kind of seat. Yeah, you get. Well, here's the thing: is you can't just rant. That wasn't a spontaneous moment, even though it was a spontaneous moment. Planning went into it to be able to Uh have the moment. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that shows foresight, but also adaptiveness. Mm -hmm. I can I can respond to the moment. Good roll with the punches. Yeah, but I can. But you have to have the leadership. And the vision right. to create the moment. Yeah, and America is tired America. of the weak kneed, spineless, just trying to make everybody happy, lovey dovey. I do for you. You, you know do what for I'm me. sick and tired of? Diplomacy. <laughs> <laughs> you get out there and you tell people what they want. And if they don't want to hear it, you yell louder. <laughs> well, we have a great podcast in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to Charity Water founder and leader Scott Harrison. Uh, today, uh, the day of the podcast, is World Water Day, so we figured that was timely. Uh, and we, we, also- might, we might get Matt Damon on the show, too, because it because of water.org. Like, oh, yeah, there's good a good point. chance that Matt Damon is going to join us today. Right. So we'll just have to see if we have stay time for tuned. it. Yeah, stay okay. tuned for that. Also, coming up later, we uh, spotlight a great new group, Mount Mariah, who's in the current issue of Relevant. Mm-hmm. But before all that, Jesse, you're a dad now. I am. What's it like? <laughs> well, I was telling the other guys uh, earlier, all of the cliches that you hear are true. You're tired? 
and you're tired. Your life well, changes. Immediate, immediately, you, you have a, a change of perspective. I don't really consider myself a very sentimental person, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it's just not really my personality. But immediately, you, you have emotions that either you've long repressed or you didn't even know were there. <laughs> you know, with like when you see your own child for the first time, it, it's very emotional. Did you expect it to be a this big wow moment? I mean, that. well, that's the, that's the thing. Like, you hear that. You know, right, and, right. and and Cameron, I'm sure you can uh, attest to that feeling. I had tears you know? in my eyes. It was it was unbelievable. It was overwhelming. It, it, yeah, it, it really is completely overwhelming, and and there's no way to prepare for it. You know, the, the, like the emotion because sure. you're going through. You're you know you're waiting, and you have like nine months to wait, and then all of a sudden, you know he's it, there, and you know the reality that that's your kid, you know hits. Um, so that was really cool. I mean, it's been awesome uh, spending time with them. But the lack of sleep thing is also very true. Mm-hmm. Keep uh, I don't drink a lot of coffee or, or like caffeine, not for any reason. I just don't typically do it. But I'm drinking like four or five cups a day right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going about five times my normal intake. But overall, it's been really awesome. We've been really blessed to, to have a, a, a lot of support and uh, a lot of people bringing us dinner and mm-hmm. sending me nice things on Twitter. So thanks to everyone who, who sent the congratulations. I'm going to try to be better at sending pictures. Cameron, did you get the one I sent you on your birthday? Yeah, no, it was awesome. Which one was it? The Dr. Evil picture. Yeah. He already, I found this, my son has already has the ability to make several expressions and do uh, at least two <laughs> impressions. Dr. Evil is one of them? Dr. Evil is one of them, and the other one is a sad baby. <laughs> He's nailed that like, like, like a crying baby. He's nailed it. I do have one question, though, that I want to throw out there to you guys and the listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, as if you've seen the pictures, my baby, my son Noah, was born with a full head of hair. Yes, I did he, see that. He has a glorious uh, mane it, of hair. It's quite blonde, and too. A, and a beard, if I remember right. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> full, he was born with a five a o'clock shadow. Beard. <laughs> now, here's my question. How young is too young for a haircut? Because I've noticed it started to get a little mullety, depending <laughs> on how it's lined. So, so there's some line of thinking there, that you know, there's some parents that just won't cut infant hair. They just want it to look weird and. Natural. Is this even an appropriate question to ask? I don't know, but see, I'm a, Cohen came out with a mohawk. Like, okay, That's I have cool. I have severe cowlicks. Severe, it's, it's, it's chronic like, cowlicks. Chronic cowlicks. Oh, and, and, his hair looks just like Cohen's. Yeah. And so Cohen literally Super came out hair. with like these awesome. massive cowlick swirls that were converging in the middle and pushed his hair up in a natural mohawk. So, yeah, we had the same conundrum, Jesse. Let it let it grow, what, man. What was what let was it, your what was the it, outcome? I'm not we, a father, but let it grow. We let it we let it grow, That's and right. we kind of did a little at home trim uh, here, and you know, here and there. He's he's what just over a week, Jesse. Yeah, he's like ten days. I think you should just let it go for now. Well, that's my game plan. Mm-hmm. I, I, it just, it just, the question was raised in my mind. Well, you, know? you could get, you could get like, you could scrunchy it. You could kind of do the ponytail thing. Yeah. A little samurai top knot type yeah. thing. Maybe yeah. like some little like uh, dreadlocks or something. <laughs> We're not cutting it, but you're modifying it. I think you just let it go wild. You want a little wolf child. Let him yeah. look like a little Mowgli. Yeah, see, I don't mind. If, I, I I don't mind if he's not a clean cut little kid. I, I don't care if he's 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 got a little little wild side. You, yeah, you know, so maybe I, I should instill that now by not cutting the hair. Uh-huh. So so he's uh, so cute. I'm looking at the mul- now. the mullet thing. I mean, you do live in Virginia, so I mean, it looks like <laughs> he'll fit right in. Yeah, it's yeah. Perfect. So uh, yeah, we're we're south of the Mason Dixon. So he'll thank you. Technically, for it. no one's gonna think any. No one's gonna look twice. Right. He's got a mullet. No, not at all. It might get him a little more respect. Now, if you go to a blue babies. state, you might want to trim that thing up. 
but yeah it, like let's say we're going on the Cameron Strang political tour right. and I gotta be on the Rachel Maddow show right I gotta get yeah. that thing you don't want to you don't, don't want to bring your baby. little wolf mullet child out onto Rachel Maddow <laughs> yeah. she's gonna be feel like you're competing with her haircut you know <laughs> yeah her, his hair is similar to Rachel Maddow sort of a Maddow-esque <laughs> yeah it's Maddow-esque do you feel like older now because when I hear about somebody I, I don't have any kids I'm not even married so do, do you feel like when I hear about that, it sounds like a very adult thing, something too adult for, for me as a grown man. Do you feel like you're more grown up now than you were before you had the baby? I feel like I should be more grown up now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Having a kid does sound like a really adult thing, and that's what made me so nervous about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if like if, if there's like a, a, a switch that uh, that flips eventually, but I still feel relatively immature to have to be responsible for a child but i think it's just kind of a learning thing you know but it definitely is something like man this it just got real in here there's a baby (laughs) here you know so practice time is over you've had you had your fun (laughs) warm up is over it's game time time to get up there on the dance floor yeah well we're happy for you if people uh people want to send gifts and or lasagna Our office address is on our website. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll let Jesse know about it. Jesse is in. You you will relay how good the lasagna is. We'll send send him lots of pictures. We'll post pictures as well. Yeah, you'll post your pictures of lasagna. I'll post mine of my baby. (laughs) (laughs) All right, stay tuned. Up next, Relevant Recommends. In Craig Rochelle's new book, Alter Ego, he explains how we can change from the person we are to the person God wants us to be. Discover how to trade in your broken ego and unleash your altar, because once we know our true identity and are growing in our Christ-like character, then we can behave accordingly with bold behavior, bold prayers, bold words, and bold obedience. It's available everywhere books are sold. Listening to Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. The song is Hate the Taste, which would not be the song that we would be playing while we eat lasagna. No. <laughs> that we're getting for Jesse. For, for, sent to Jesse for at our office. <laughs> at the beginning of the podcast, you heard Marnie Stern with the song uh, Year of the Glad, which is from her new album that came out last week called The Chronicles of Marnia. Okay, it's time for Relevant Recommends. Uh, movies coming out on Thursday, March 28th. Mm. Wait, how can we call this Relevant Recommends? It's a new segment. We're still figuring this out. How can we call it Re- Relevant Recommends if I'm telling you movie releases that we cannot or will not recommend, i.e. Thursday, March 28th, G.I. Joe Retaliation? I think it looks awesome. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure my and Jesse will recommend um, it. It's on the recommended list, right? <laughs> you're, aware that, you're aware that Bruce Willis is in the movie. Yeah. And you're not sure you should recommend it. Gun. And Channing Tatum. <laughs> 
And it's G.I. Joe in the, the title. And The Rock is in it. It looks way better than the, the first version. The The preview has people do, climbing a mountain while ninja fighting. I think it's going to be a good movie. ninja fight with zip lines on mountains. Pretty, I, hey, pretty sure it's going to be fun. They're just ripping off the Bible with that scene. Just, <laughs> all, they're just ripping off Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> yeah. G.I. Joe has to build its own mega weekend. Into the, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, uh, coming out the next day on the 29th, The Place Beyond the Pines, Ryan oh, yeah. Gosling, Bradley Cooper, and Eva Mendez. Yeah, looks so really d- good. So two, heart throbs those in are all, those are all attractive the, people. The yeah. two ends of the movie spectrum, back-to-back days right there. <laughs> not the same crowd going to both. I don't Probably think. not. We, I, I would I go will, to both. We are so both. diverse that we recommend both. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. We recommend that you have such a, 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 a diverse palette that you go to both movies. You can't contain the spectrum of our recommends. <laughs> it's almost like we're just reading what movies are coming out. That's how important <laughs> <it> is. <laughs> Music coming out on Tuesday, March 26th, a few days before all that. Depeche Mode coming out with Delta Machine. Sean McDonald with the Analog Sessions. The Strokes with Come Down Machine. And the Milk Carton Kids with the Ash and Clay. Again, it's the soundtrack for the Bible miniseries. <laughs> um, okay. Recommends. Take it. Well, I'm going to recommend the uh, album for with the song we just heard. I I, I was telling Cameron that uh, earlier today that it's I'm still kind of getting adjusted to Marnie Stern and her new album, The Chronicles of Marnia, because I really I've never heard music like it. She now she's a prolific guitar player. This is the thing that's interesting about her music. She's been on any reputable list of the greatest living guitarist. You'll find her name on it, and we just found out about her very recently. And so, and so when you find when you when you she had an album in 2010, mm-hmm. and and uh, this last one came out on Tuesday. So when you listen to the music, it's like okay, you know whatever. It's not you know great like song in my opinion like melody the hook's gonna get caught in your head forever it's not that kind of music no when you find out that she's playing the guitar you're mesmerized because the noises she makes it's like she's on another plane you didn't know guitar is it it primarily vocals and her guitar playing well here's a clip here's a clip So she's bonkers. Yeah. Like she's really, really, and she, she described herself uh, as nutso, and I think that's a fair assessment. I talked to her, and she was, she's very, very kind. She's not what I thought. She, she was super sweet, very goofy, um, very intelligent, and said that she, uh, she has a hard time expressing how she actually feels through what she says and how she sings, but she was always able to do it through how she plays guitar. Interesting. It's awesome. All right, what do you got? Uh, so my, mine's a little bit different, um, and uh, you may have seen the recent uh, Dave Grohl documentary, Sound City, that looks at the famous Sound City music studio in L.A., where a ton of really influential rock and roll albums were recorded, um, starting uh, back in the 70s with Fleetwood Mac and Tom Petty, and the, the list goes on, but... Dave Roll recently did a documentary about the music studio and sort of the legacy of this particular soundboard 
that was at the music studio uh, for about four or five decades that all these really influential uh, albums were recorded on. So accompanying the documentary, he's released an album with some of the folks that were featured in the film. Uh, hmm. The album came out last week, hmm. and even if even if some of the songs uh, don't stick with you for a long time, it's definitely an interesting listen just because of the variety of musicians that he was able to pull in. Everyone from Stevie Nicks and Paul McCartney all the way up to the Black Rebel Motorcycle Club gang, uh, Dave Grohl himself, uh, Trent Reznor has a song on the album. So a, a huge variety of artists cool. on this uh, 11-track album uh, that if you're a fan of rock and roll music, it's, it's, it's a pretty interesting listen. Well, here's a clip. All right, just to be just to be clear though, the Black Rebel Motorcycle Club is not a gang. Well, they might be. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well, it, well, it was be. two guys from the band, so I, I should have said crew. Can they be? <laughs> I think that's the correct term. <laughs> that was a really great documentary too. I really liked Sound City. That was a that was a sweet watch. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a very cool movie, especially like I said, if if you're kind of into the history yeah. of rock and roll in America. Well, my recommend this week is uh, is from a duo called Rye. Are you guys familiar? R H Y E. I like their um, bread. I've been if hearing. You, if, uh, <laughs> yeah. Known I, for, yeah, I was big fans make, of them when they were in the bread game. <laughs> known for bread. Yeah. But little did you know. Little did you know they make some great music. Um, fans of Sade. Any of you guys fans of Sade back in the day? Of course. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then maybe more currently, like you know, XX, Massive Attack, some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So Rye has a new album out called Woman, and it sounds very, very similar to that. And I'm actually I. I am going to play you guys a clip right now because I want you to hear something. I'm a fool um, for you, okay, so you hear this. It, it sounds like Sade. Very, very sexy music. I think I can guess the bomb you're it's about Sade, to It's Sade meets Inya. Okay. I think I can, dress, I can guess the bomb you're about to drop. Here's the kicker. That's a guy. It. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. There's this, this duo is two guys. No, it's not. A Canadian guy and a Danish guy. Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> You put a Canadian in a Dang, no wonder you're going to get a falsetto. Uh, the, 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 the Danes, the Danish, also known for their bread. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, we, we don't recommend this band if you uh, have any uh, aversion to glute, gluten allergies. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, it's a, it's it's a phenomenal a, it's a album. album. Um, I had probably gotten through it three or four times before I did some research as to who they were, and then I found out that that was a guy I was listening to. Cra- crazy Bomb, Inya, also a man. <laughs> so, who makes bread? Cameron, you just found out that a band that you'd been listening to had a female vocalist. Well, that you I mean, I with at the Grammys, like a lot of people, thankfully, when I tweeted it, a lot of people replied with the same uh, thing. Uh, Alabama Shakes. Right. I mean, now it's like I can't yeah. hear it the other way. But before, when I all I had really heard of Alabama Shakes was their main single that everybody loves, and I heard Jack White. You know, like right. I heard I heard a dude right. singing it, and at the Grammys, it turns out it's a very very large black woman. And uh, and I'm like, okay, well, this is not what was in my head. I got that album this week. Um, it's phenomenal. It's, it, I mean, everybody likes it, and I feel very late to the party on the Alabama Shakes, but um, it, it's an incredible like southern rock album. Yeah. It's just something you put on, listen to the whole thing. It's it's incredible. I've been on a kick buying a lot of vinyl lately, and that was one of the ones that I got this week. 
All right, that'll do it for Relevant Recommends. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. You're listening to New Lore, the song is Shadow of a Man. All right, now, Jesse, before we jump into slices, I, I, I need to give you a note okay. that I'm sure most of your web surfing is now parenting-related. You're going to have to set that aside, mm. and, and you can't change you know, like what you're bringing on the podcast. I don't, I don't want to see this like, just naturally shift into like, a bunch of like, parenting tips. Well, I, well, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do because I have the top five baby names in 2013. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you named your son all of them. Yeah, I, I, have, I have some good uh, uh, tips here for avoiding diaper rash, so I don't know what I'm supposed to do with these. <laughs> all right, Cypher Slices, what do you have, Jesse? Um, okay, so this is... Uh, it's sort of a twofer, but I'm going to keep it quick because they're they're very closely related. Uh, this week, it was announced that Twitter was granted a patent that it originally filed for back in 2008. And the, the problem with the patent is that it's really broad. Uh, basically, they patented what is essentially, quote, device-independent point-to-multiple-point uh, communication. And it goes on to sort of explain the functionality of Twitter. But in doing so, it would also patent a lot of different uh, – you know, digital means of text communication. But Twitter has said, don't worry, they're only going to use it defensively if they have to. And they're not going to go after anyone uh, who is also using a similar technology. But isn't that the point of patents? Yeah. Well, well the, the problem is with, uh, is with patent trolling. Because when it comes to some of these new digital innovations, right. patents can be worded so broadly. Sure. That they're that they actually would make it illegal to use functionality that is commonly used on the internet. Everything from someone could patent the process of uploading a photo to a website, um, and so the patent law hasn't caught up to technology, and it's recently kind of come to a head. Uh, there's there's a group that's called Personal Audio. And what Personal Audio done is they have claimed to have successfully been granted a patent that essentially patents the, the technology that's used in podcasting. Uh-huh. Um, and they have sent cease and desist letters to several of the big like top 10 podcasts on iTunes and demanded that they be paid uh, licensing fees for using the technology. Now, they were only granted the patent last year. And podcasting technology has been around for, you know, a decade now. So mm-hmm. some of these uh, podcasts, like the Adam Carolla co- podcast is one, the Mark Maron podcast is one that received these cease and desist letters. Um, they're getting a little concerned because this, pers- this group, Personal Audio, uh, isn't just a, a group that can be easily ignored. They actually won a significant case against Apple back in 2011. Yeah. So uh, what's going on right now is some, some podcasters and different uh, people involved in uh, digital law activism, some of the folks that were behind the uh, takedown of the, the SOPA uh, legislation that would have 
severely restricted some online privacy issues uh, are behind um, trying to get some politicians to pass what they're calling the SHIELD Act, which is a bipartisan effort from a couple different uh, lawmakers that is going to attempt to prevent this type of patent trolling in the future. But it's still a long way from becoming law and is going to be kind of a murky area for probably the next couple months. Patent trolling is... It's unbelievable. I mean, these these companies exist just to file very broad patents. I mean, as broad as Paula Poundstone's shoulder pads. Which I actually own, and she pays me a significant (laughs) license fee. Right. So, I mean, broad, like, general things, like, you know, that that everybody's violating. The photo sharing thing is a good example. Yeah. and that's their only business. Something, is to we file do, these, something we do every day. They file, you know, thousands of patents. A couple of them get approved, and then they just go chase after companies to get settlements. And that's how they make money. And, and last year, Apple spent more fighting or or settling these patent trolls than they spent in research and development. I mean, it's and, and so what's happening? They have to now. These tech companies are going to have to like pay out all this money, and so they're going to pass the costs on to. I mean, they're going to add the cost into their performance for their products. We're all paying for it. Well, well, the one cool thing about this Shield Act, one provision that the law has that is going to uh, that is an attempt to be preventative from not just uh, stopping patent trolls from being successful in court, but it's actually going to make them liable for the defense fees for the companies that have to actually go to court to defend, uh, you know, commonplace technologies that patent trolls are trying to profit off of. So from now on, if if this law passes and patent trolls are out there just randomly demanding royalties and licensing fees and settlements from companies, they'll actually be on the hook for legal fees that uh, companies like Apple will have to pay to defend their technology. Wow. wow. But the, the SHIELD Act is something to keep an eye on because it's not guaranteed. And right now they're specifically targeting podcasters. Um, and that's what kind of makes this one different than some of the other big patent trolling cases, which you know Apple has had to defend or Google has to defend or, or Facebook, is they're targeting individual podcasters, a lot of which aren't very big productions and, and don't have the means to defend uh, you know, major lawsuits uh, for patent technology. So this is one to keep an eye on. All right, what do you have, Maya? So there is a company that is offering you a job to go on vacation basically. Okay. I accept. They want you <laughs> to accept. All right, fine. It Sounds is a two-year trip around the world that will cost a total of $1.2 million. So How much are you being they're compensated? Giving, they're giving me $1.2 million. No. They pay They, they pay, pay for the trip. The trip the costs trip. $1.2 million. And your you compensation go, is two years of free travel. Wh- yes. I don't know if there's any compensation on top wh- of that. Wh- why? What's the, what service am I... The company is called... Yeah, what are you going to be asked to do? I don't, I'm a little curious <laughs> about their business model. I'm out. I have a lot of questions. Com- you know, I saw. I, I pitched something similar on Shark Tank. They didn't bite. I don't <laughs> know what this guy's angle is. I think this was the premise of that Liam Neeson movie, Taken, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds I really... I think there's strings attached. This This sounds. This is one of the things that sounds This sounds, sounds really like good. something for a man of a very uh, particular skill set. Taken 3. <laughs> So this is called, the company Vacation. is called verifirst2.com. 
Okay. N- not a really catchy name. But what they do is... Is it the number two or... <laughs> no. Is there or a Z? Is it no. T-O. T-O. Is there a Z The involved? very first two. This is yeah. a, this. You said dot .biz, right? Because I'm writing this down. <laughs> <laughs> very first two. I always assume dot .biz. You said well, that, Well, you right? click on it, and it's kind of like one of those places where you sign up and they tell you great deals. Usually you get that for great deals and cheap things to buy. You know, there's... They want to be the first to do certain things. Right. And so you'd, go, you'd sign up. You could just It's a free membership to this place, okay. to this website. And they will find all of these unique, crazy things. So the job of these two people is to go out. You're going to 962 different sites around the globe to find what these millionaires, I assume, would want to do. Oh, and okay. this company oh. finds it. You click on it. They book all your hotel and your flight for the tourists. But the job, they're looking for someone to basically get to go find all these places that will be put on all their right. website. You'll go to the Taj Mahal. You'll all go right. to Cambodia, Egypt, um, Mexico, the Forbidden City in China. You'll go everywhere. So, so you're being paid just to go on adventures for two years and just, yes. and just let millionaires know if the adventure is worthwhile. Yeah, they said you'll stay in the best places. You'll eat the most amazing food. You'll get, your, uh, you'll get bottles of champagne. And you'll do like crazy things. Like So it's, it's a massive publicity stunt because we're talking about their website launch. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Right. So they, they're... But, but this is a million, They probably have a whole lot of the 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 accommodations are being comped, you know. So you know they the we are we have just been played. <laughs> We've been played. That doesn't mean I'm not going to accept the job, though. Yeah, right. it's yeah. they're still still sounds really trying to find I'm not, people. I'm not into this thing. <laughs> so Jesse, you're not going to be my partner on the trip. I'm going to have to pass. I mean, you it have... sounds like just a lot of travel, a lot of trying weird foods. No thanks. All right, no, thanks. Cameron. An example yeah, of I'm down. Okay. yeah, I'm down too. We can go. Well. An example. Well, you're out, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> An example of what something they offered for Valentine's Day is um, that you would be surrounded by one million rose petals with a bottle of champagne. You'll be able to give your lady, or you can give your lady a bottle of black diamond nail polish. You can have a flight to space. You can have the world's most expensive Christmas dinner. You can have the chance to have your marriage proposal aired on the national and national TV. This yeah, is, you're describing it, an episode of The Bachelor. Kind yeah. of. This, this is an episode honestly, of The like a reality television show. Honestly, yeah. yeah. No, nothing that you just named sounds even remotely enjoyable. <laughs> Trip to space doesn't sound remotely yeah. enjoyable, on, Jesse. Jesse. Come on. That, that, okay, real quick. While we're just on that little rabbit trail, what's the appeal? <laughs> oh you know? I mean, like, Dude, look, you're I talking- can watch. It's, a, it's like going to an NFL game. No. Okay? I've gone to NFL games. I'd like to go no. occasionally, but for my money, I'd rather sit on the couch and watch. I usually <laughs> like your little rants, but you're, this is just crazy. You're, talk. Out, you're out of your mind, Jesse. Go take care of your baby. You're off the podcast. Eight, eight-year-old Cameron's life dream was to go to space camp. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I, not uh, just not space, space camp. Just space camp. I live an hour away from it, you know, and it was just t- taunting me. It was too expensive. Thanks to Elon Musk and Richard Branson, in, in the next decade. It will become semi-affordable to be able to go up into <laughs> space, and I I thank their innovation and bold pioneering. Mm-hmm. My child will it'll be not commonplace, but it won't be. It's plausible. Cohen could go to space. Abs- hey, maybe he'll <laughs> give it to me for my sixty-fifth birthday party or something. We'll have it up. Okay, space. but real quick with with these, you know, you hear about these like Russian oil ty- tycoons to pay like ten million dollars to go to the International Space Station, 20, right? Twenty million. Okay, so an astronomical amount of money. Right. And the trip lasts like a week. Right. You know? You have no comfort up there. Right. You know, it's not, it's no TV. It's like you're crammed in, in like a little, you know, steel contraption. 
that could break and you could die. Jesse, I'm so weird glad vacuum death. That I won't moment. be able to hear you when I am in space. <laughs> you know, you know who else can enjoy space? Me from my couch watching a sweet space show. Oh, yeah, but see, Richard Branson is going to change all that with with, uh, with Virgin Galaxy. I think it'll be two hundred fifty thousand dollars. It'll be is a, that is that all? <laughs> hey, twenty million to two fifty. We're going the right way here. I, all I'm saying is, I can go. I can get on a, a little jet with Richard Branson. Mm-hmm. And go to space for like like a couple hours. Yeah, or or I can have two hundred fifty thousand dollars cash. I'm taking the cash. Okay, but just give it a decade. Competitive competition and and innovation will drive the price down, and it'll it'll get semi affordable. It'll still be like you know for rich people, but you know if and it's me. your life's dream, you could save up for a couple decades and go. I just to don't space. understand the dream. Rich it's people. not like you're it float. You're, you're just looking out a window. You know. Oh my gosh. Maybe At maybe space. if they put you on the cord and like pushed you out the little you know door, and you could like swim so, around so, so out let there. Me, be let one me, thing. If you're in the pioneering days, you're not going to be joining Lewis and Clark's expedition. You're not intrigued by what's beyond the horizon. You don't. Wanna... I mean, I'm intrigued, but they're not taking me beyond the horizon. They're taking me. What I can see on TV, you know, okay. or on the internet. Are you one of those people who is like, <laughs> if I have a picture of the Grand Canyon as my desktop background, then I've been to the Grand Canyon? Apparently. Is that what you think, He Jesse? will never travel because you can find a yeah. book, a guidebook or a website or a, or a show about Saving every money. experience yeah. in the well, world. No, I'm excited no, for you to I teach I would travel Noah. with limitations. That's just a ton of money. Like if someone was like, hey, uh, you know... You, you can spend a few hundred dollars and go somewhere really cool, and it's going to be, you know, you can see some sweet nature. Okay, yeah, I, I, I'd consider it. I'm excited but for you to like teach, a life Noah. savings, and you don't even get out of the spaceship. If, oh, it's like driving by the Grand Canyon looking out the window of the, of the station wagon. <laughs> That's the analogy. No, it, why would thing, you go for your dreams? If they were dreams. taking me to the canyons of the moon and I could walk around or drive the rover at no, least. No, Maybe no. in 30 years we will. No. no. If we're driving rovers... Maybe a different story. Until then, I'm saving my money. <laughs> Noah, don't go for your dreams. Just watch TV instead. Yeah. That's what you're going to tell your child. I'm just saying, that's the, the analogy is not going to the Grand Canyon. It's it's driving by the Grand Canyon at a high speed and getting to briefly look no, out the window. Noah, Kyle, Carey, do not try anything. Just rent the DVD. <laughs> Space is dangerous, son. Don't listen you're, to them. You're not, <laughs> you're not on Earth anymore. That's I, I, no, I understand, but they're not pushing. I don't get to swim out there. If you don't understand. You get to fly around inside the space. You're in a spaceship. Yes. You're in a spaceship. For all I know, it could be a simulated ride. It could be like a Steve <laughs> Disney I don't know. Well, then I don't I would get to feel, go outside. How well, can I confirm I went to space? You, I, you could still it tell people. It could be people. an elaborate hoax by Branson and his cronies. You could still tell people <laughs> hey, you went to space. If, if Branson has innovated a way for your body to have all of the physical feeling of being in space, count me in that have sounds you been, fun have you been on that that one that ride at epcot <laughs> <laughs> the one that people have seizures because people had died on that that's yeah, how we <laughs> it's there you there's actual danger i know so all i'm saying here's what i'm saying Rogue, okay i'm not against people going to space for the fun of it if they want that's how they want to spend their money but if you're gonna spend the money at least demand that the that the cosmonauts or richard branson whoever's taking you there let you go outside or, or let you drive a rover. That's all. Because I can look out the window at stuff I, on if, my couch if looking I at the TV. Trying to explain to you why this is important is like trying to explain to someone why they shouldn't propose in an Applebee's. <laughs> if you don't inherently understand it, then, at the end of the day, then, I can't, then I can't help you. At the end of the day, you're getting married, he said. Yeah, you, give me the million rose petals and, and, the, and, the, and the diamond 
nail polish money. Black diamond. And I'll do the Applebee's thing. Thanks. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're still getting married. I, okay. I'm, I want the listeners to chime in because I'm curious if I'm that crazy that I would choose cash over space. What would he do with $200,000 that would be better than space? Whatever I want. Whatever I want. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. it's called, Super I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to go to space. Yeah. I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. Waste it on a 10-minute trip to space. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because I have the Discovery Channel. I have a planetarium in my town. <laughs> I went there all the time when I was a kid. So, all right. You live in your safe little Discovery Channel world. Have fun. What do you have, Tyler? This is, this is a post. An, an anonymous second grader has written a book that that is not it's not published or anything, but she wrote it, and that's About the important robbing thing. People? This is my first not mugger centric piece. The title of the book is something that I think we're we'll all be interested in. It's called. The title of the book is How to Be a Cool Person. Oh. So let me ask this. If it's an unpublished book, is it a book at all? Is it the well, act of publishing? It's just, the thing that just makes a blog it a post? I would, I would guess, I would guess this is part of a school assignment. Is it just a document assignment. at that point? It's, it's, all, it's <laughs> handwritten on notebook paper. So it's, it's not a book. Well, that, so 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 when you say book, book you actually mean the ramblings of a madman. <laughs> <laughs> She's, she has three whole chapters to it. Um, it's they're pretty short, and it's really just a how-to. It's there's not really a plot or anything, but I pulled out some select pieces of advice that she's where, given. Where did you come across how this? To be, book? I, I came across this on. Uh, on when you were hanging out at the on, playground the what? other day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was posted to BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed got their hands on it, and once we hear this, we'll all agree that although this isn't a published work yet, it, it should be, okay. and she should be she should be published and handsomely compensated. <laughs> from the this is from the first chapter. I, I'll tell you what this t- second grader will do with her two hundred thousand dollar advance check. <laughs> she, she'll go to space. She's not an idiot, as you're, about to, <laughs> as you're about to find out. How to be a cool person. One, one piece of advice from her first chapter. Uh, don't do your homework on the weekends or on Friday, only on Thursday, Wednesday, or Sunday. Oh. What about Tuesdays? It's a fine day for no, homework. No, you can't. The, you write your book on how to be a cool person. Right. Let her write her book on how to be a cool person. <laughs> Tuesdays are her days. She's And to be fair, she's like, she's in grade school right now where this is really important so sure, she's yeah. the one she yeah. has more vested interest in getting this right than we do right so you don't do it on fridays or the weekends yeah. or tuesdays also or tuesdays. from the first chapter is pick your favorite stuff animal and pick out a hat for your favorite animal okay. mine's a pig named pablo what's yours <laughs> so what kind of hat is pablo it's sort wearing? of an interactive she doesn't, she doesn't get into the hat oh, okay. that makes you cool huh? but, yeah. but pablo has a hat who's she asking the question to the teacher the reader the reader the reader, the reader. Yeah. To, to all of us to humanity. Um, <laughs> chapter two of how to be a person has cool a, person. has cool a person. gem. How to be a cool person uh, with exclamation point says, <laughs> "Don't scooch over when your family says so." That's cool. Oh, uh, so a little, a little, a little rebellious. rebellious. Yeah. And also, this is sort of a rebellious I just chapter. Like push him over. Yeah, you you're move. a second grader. I can I can move you myself. <laughs> <laughs> scooch or not scooch, you're moving. But you can't be <laughs> parenting one on one, Jesse. Let me just tell you. Eventually, you're just going to move your kid. <laughs> you, you will use your strength to overpower them from chapter three of how to be a cool person there's only two um one of them is is great advice everywhere you go in your house do the frog hop oh. <laughs> that's a good workout for old yeah i mean that's just Older. that's just good sense cool yeah, cardio, cardio. Uh, my, yeah you like cardio but also you, you show you have through. your own unique style yeah. You, yeah. You, get it, you don't bow to pressure you're gonna have nice stretched out legs and you know, also no cramps the last piece of advice on how to be cool. 
doing acrostics is so cool. They are fun too. There's a lot of advice here. And if you, if you want to be cool or particularly if you have a child who wants to be cool, you'll want to commit these to memory. Maybe frame them. Hang them out and frame them. <laughs> this is the sort of wall. thing you put on the fridge. You know, daily reminders. Yeah. This is, you've put it huh. right next to your frame picture of Cameron Yellen and Dwight Howard. <laughs> I how you put this on a business card with a bunch of QR codes. Hey, can that picture be our, our family Christmas card this yes, year? Yes, it can. Oh, I love you. Awesome. I've never loved you more. <laughs> Are you guys going to send me to space? Because I have some love that I can give away too. The next person who sends me Whoa. to space. Just Whoa. give it away. I don't think you announced that you have some love you can give away. Yeah. Yeah. You, I want to go to space. How badly do you want to go to space, Tyler? So badly. <laughs> what would you be willing to do? Anything. I, I believe that is the plot of the next Liam Neeson movie. <laughs> <laughs> Indecent proposal to space. <laughs> the great beyond. He'll do anything to get you out of space. Well, Indecent proposal was a million bucks, right? It was back yeah. in the 80s. Yeah, that would yeah. be, that wouldn't fly these well, days. Hey, that's five trips to space. That's true. <laughs> oh man, this is a moral quandary I'm not ready to face right now. <laughs> I wonder if you yeah, get... <laughs> how much is it worth to you? <laughs> <laughs> it's like on the one hand and on the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do it for slices and ethical dilemmas. Stay tuned. <laughs> Scott Harrison. This ride is a journey to run by run. You're listening to Wood Kid. Song is Run Boy Run. Today, Friday, is World Water Day. Uh, World Water Day is held annually on March 22nd as a means of focusing attention on the importance of fresh water and advocating for the sustainable management of freshwater resources. Scott Harrison is the founder and CEO of Charity Water. In 2004, Scott served as a photojournalist for Mercy Ships in Liberia, West Africa, where he learned the life-threatening effects of contaminated water. Upon moving back to his home in New York City in 2006, he founded Charity Water. And actually, many people don't know this, but I think it was in late 2005 or it was in early 2006, we got a story pitch by this photographer who had just spent the last two years traveling the world. He was a former nightclub promoter, and he left that life behind, and he was wanting to do something substantial. And it was a guy named Scott Harrison who wrote a story for Relevant, uh, and you can actually, in the story, see his transformation from his old life to this life-changing two years to then starting Charity Water a month after the story came out. Right. Charity Water is a nonprofit bringing clean and safe drinking water to people in developing nations. In just over five years, they've funded more than 6,000 water projects in 19 developing countries. When complete, these projects will provide clean, safe drinking water for more than 2.5 million people. It's an amazing organization. They're financially transparent. They're doing great work. Our very own Stephanie Smith recently spoke to him. Here is Scott Harrison. Well, just starting out, I wanted to ask you about the word choice behind your organization's name because I think that charity isn't exactly 
you know, a word that's in a lot of our 21st century vocabulary, but you are doing some really fascinating, innovative things um, with the organization. So could you just talk a little bit about the naming decision process? Sure. Well, you know, one of the things that I was really intentional about in the beginning was to reinvent charity. So I, I recognized that this was kind of a word that had taken on uh, almost a negative meaning for so many people. Uh, and it was uh, associated with a sector that many people thought was broken. And, you know, I, I actually was interested and in, I studied the root of the word and I, I did a little history. Um, you know, it's, it's Latin, uh, caritas in the Latin, and it just means love. And, you know, the dictionary definition, I think, just says to simply help someone uh, in need. So I actually love the meaning of the word. I love the, you know, the purity of it. But, you know, charity had almost become associated uh, with big charity or, uh, right, something that wasn't innovative, it wasn't cool. So through, through Charity Water's model, you know, we, we tried to kind of disrupt that and, and get people to think differently about it. So, you know, one was using 100% of all public donations to directly fund projects. And then the second was trying to use technology to show people where their money went and, and what it accomplished. And then, you know, the third was really to build a brand and to, you know, to, to express ourselves creatively, to use amazing design, uh, to storytell visually, to, to make great videos, to take great pictures. So, uh, you know, and, and, and at the beginning, uh, it was actually Charity Colon, and the vision was even bigger than water. You know, uh, eventually I thought, you know, we would launch, I don't know, a bunch of initiatives, you know, maybe charity education or charity, you know, something around health. Um, as we got to, as we got deeper and deeper into water and learned just how massive this, uh, this issue was, and also that it touched almost everything else that we were interested in, um, we never really moved away from that. One thing that it seems a lot of people seem to love about Charity Water is that your brand is really full of life. And even just looking around your website and the stories that you choose to share, um, there's just a lot of joy and it shows people smiling and um, positive stories. But but it also seems that that's not an approach every nonprofit takes. So is this intentional on your part? Is this part of your brand strategy? Um, it is absolutely intentional in that, you know, we think this should be one of the most incredibly cool and fun things to do. I mean, what, you know, what better mission than to try to bring clean drinking water to every single person mm -hmm. on the planet? You know, to try to make sure that every man, woman, and child, you know, has what, what we're fortunate to have uh, just because of where we happen to be born. Uh, you know, there are, you know, Charity Water has values and we have isms, which are just kind of things that make us unique and one of those isms is that we always talk about opportunity and we try never to use guilt. I, I think guilt is just useless. Uh, so many nonprofits for so many years, you know, led with the kid with flies on his face and he's looking in slow motion up to the camera to lock eyes with you, you know, as, as the fly lands and, and sticks. Um, you know, we're not afraid of showing, you know, har photos of the, the harsh reality that's out there, but we really try to, to kind of temper that with, hey, look, here's the solution. 
and you know, let, let's, let's solve this. There are a lot of causes today that young people are getting involved in and passionate about because the end really is in sight, whether that's um, the end of AIDS or human trafficking. But would you say that the water crisis is one of them? Absolutely. We, we know how to solve this problem. Um, there, there's not enough capacity to solve it right now. So if you did have, you know, $20 billion to throw at this, you, you can't fund $20 billion worth of projects. And that's one of the things that, you know, we've really been working on is increasing the capacity of our local partners mm-hmm. uh, to be able to operate more and more at scale. Uh, but, but we know how to bring clean drinking water to every single person on earth. And, and it doesn't look the same in every situation. Sometimes it is a shallow well. Sometimes it's a deep well. Sometimes it's a rainwater harvesting system. Sometimes it's a network of pipes and springs uh, connecting villages. Sometimes there's, there's fluoride or there's arsenic in the groundwater and, uh, and you need to, to clean the water. I mean, you can filter it either at a community level or at a household level, uh, but it is an entirely solvable problem. Um, you know, the, the UN puts, uh, uh, the World Health Organization puts U.S. water coverage at 100%. Mm-hmm. And there may be, you know, small pockets of, of communities maybe affected by a mining company um, that have water challenges. But, you know, this is a, a problem that Western nations have solved with resources. You know, there's probably nobody you or anyone listening to this podcast knows uh, that has ever had to drink dirty uh, contaminated, infested water right. in their entire life. Right. Um, so we've solved it, and now you know we really need to go and solve it for the entire world, uh, for people that, that weren't lucky enough to be born into the same situation as we were. One of the marks of your organization is that you really invite just ordinary people to join the the cause in whatever way they can, whether it's donating their birthday money or hosting a dance party or um, you have a lot of creative suggestions for how to get involved. And it seems that people are really excited about getting involved. But for World Water Day this year, what are just some practical ways that people who care about this can make a difference or how can they give? Well, you, you highlighted on one of the most exciting things for all of us. Um, so, you know, the, the birthday we, we kind of stumbled into as this simple way that every single person in the world could get involved in this issue. Uh, and, and instead of accepting gifts, instead of throwing a party, just to ask for their age and dollars mm-hmm. uh, from, from their friends and family. And, you know, a seven-year-old kid knows people that have seven dollars. And, uh, and an 89-year-old knows people that have $89 that they could give. And we've just seen this explode uh, all around the country and all around the world. People saying, I have enough stuff. I don't need a tie. I don't need a handbag. Uh, I don't need anything. Um, let me use my birthday so that other people around the world um, can have more birthdays, can live longer, can live healthier. I mean, I have, I have so many incredible stories from people swimming from Alcatraz Island to San Francisco, people walking across... America, uh, people biking across America, people sailing across the Atlantic with charity water flags, uh, a nine-year-old eating rice and beans in California for a month to raise awareness. Uh, We've had people send us in $10,000 checks and say, we've decided to skip our wedding ceremony 
Wow. The ceremony we have saved up for, and we would rather begin our marriage by sponsoring a community to get clean drinking water and go get married at City Hall. We, we, we used to think it was all, we'd, we'd seen it all before, but you know, we're, we're being surprised every day as, yeah. as people think of stuff that, you know, in, in a million years we never would have. So all that, all that happens at, uh, at mycharitywater.org. Yeah. And today, you know, today being World Water Day, um, it is this, uh, it's kind of the day where we try to raise as much awareness and um, today Charity Water is trying to get 15,000 people to pledge their next birthday. So even if it's 11 months off, um, just to say, I will, um, I will you know, donate my next birthday uh, to this cause and, and use, it to spray, uh, use it to spread awareness mm. and to raise money. So that's something that, you know, everybody listening could do it um, just on the homepage of charitywater.org. That was Scott Harrison. Check out their, their work at charitywater.org. listening to Night Riders the song is Spiders I literally think you just choose these songs because of their names sometimes well I won't say I choose them but it definitely helps influence my decisions <laughs> Mount Mariah is a folk rock band out of North Carolina they just released their breakthrough second LP called Miracle Temple uh, we talked to them in the new issue of Relevant and uh, it's, it's really a cool piece Miracle Temple sports bigger arrangements and louder guitars and bolder vocals and more soulful rhythms than their acclaimed self-titled debut. Through their artful personal storytelling, the band develops a piercing portrait of a new South where progressive traditions are still fitfully breaking free from conservative ones. It's a really strong album. Our very own managing editor, Tyler Huckabee, recently spoke to them. Here is Mount Mariah. prefer the the live show to the studio sessions they're so different you know i love aspects of both i love the, like the meticulous um process of recording and putting something down to tape you know that's permanent i love that and kind of laboring over that um, i love that process but i also just love the immediacy of performing and there's it's it's so different you know um we play different slightly differently but it's it's more i think you can kind of tap into an energy that you you can't bring into the studio Mm -hmm. you know so I, i approach them in different ways for sure
Is it weird when you're when you're taking these really these really intimate feelings that you have and you're singing them in front of or or just to like thousands of people, maybe tens of thousands of people? Is it is it ever awkward? Do you feel like you're you're exposing a part mm-hmm. of yourself that's that's hard to let out there, that's hard to release to strangers? Well, sometimes. I mean, I, yeah, I can feel really exposed and really vulnerable. But I think that's part of my process, you know, just like putting myself out there and telling stories. And I mean, I'm, I'm certainly writing for myself and trying to understand, you know, trying to create these narratives that um, a lot of them are personal and are autobiographical but so there's there's something out that that process for me about sharing really personal things and it kind of helps me it gives me confidence I guess and uh, you know I'm I'm a creative writer um, that's where I have my degree in and so that's always been a big part of why I kind of fell into music was wanting to tell stories and share those experiences. Loaded with a lot of very sort of sort of like biblical or old testamental sounding words, but mm-hmm. they're de- but it's definitely not loaded with the concepts, or at least not with the, all the sort of socio political things that that a lot of the like the Southern Baptists have lo- loaded onto the Bible. Like mm-hmm. you use you write about it, but you write a, you use those words to a really different narrative and story arc than mm-hmm. than they're usually mm-hmm. used in America. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in a point in my life where I'm trying I'm trying to relate, you know. To I, I don't feel embittered um, anymore about that Baptist upbringing. I'm trying to relate to it. I'm trying to connect with it. I'm trying to find the good in it, you know, uh, how it is relevant to to my life, you know. And but I'm also trying to challenge it. And yeah, I do use a lot of uh, imagery. Um, religious imagery and I, I was really drawn to that on this record for sure I built a house behind my eyes I sold a veil for you to hide Part of, or maybe on the on the forefront of a much broader trend towards a lot of the South's music. Like, there's a lot of music that's reaching back towards those. Mm-hmm. America's reaching back to those roots, and 2012 was a really big year for that. Totally. 
Like, did you personally decide, like, I'm going to actually go back to the music I was raised with and the music that was part of my childhood and upbringing? I don't think it was that conscious for me. Whenever I, you know, I left left home and you know, went to college and started writing music, I was drawn to more, uh, I, you know, I played punk music for right. 10 years. That was kind of my scene and however you want to call that whether it's like rebelling against some <laughs> against the country music maybe that I was brought up on or just needing needing that kind of outlet but yeah I, I definitely with, with Mount Mariah I, I kind of started walking back a little bit to what I was raised on and I don't know I think I just um, let myself relax a little bit and I just started writing more I think one of the things that I love about country music and like old time and folk music is the the space to to tell stories. Yeah. And it was a good format for me, a good style to be poetic and but I think it has everything to do with turning thirty and reflecting, you know. That was Mount Mariah. Check out mountmariahband.com. What would you say if you had to leave today? Leave everything behind, even though the ones are shining. Leave Listening to Junip, the song is Line of Fire. Junip trees smoke it, don't they? I mean, if there's a, if they sat, they sound like they would. They're eucalyptus. <laughs> they're like they're like Junip. eucalyptus. So if there's a line of fire of junips, it would just smell delicious. They're used to make all, all I know, if Junip is in the name of like a hand soap, a Bath and Body Works, it's probably going to smell pretty good. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It is juniper trees. That I'm thinking of not Junip. Junip's not anything. Juniper. Yeah, there's berries. Juniper berries. You're thinking, you're thinking well, of Juniper. Juniper has to be something if, if... Space. Juniper, you're thinking of the band. That band, Juniper. Have you ever heard those guys? No, Juniper has band? to be something, because if you're a Juniper, you're a doer one of... Who, one who Junips. One who Junips. Yeah. Now, once again, guys, it's pronounced Jupiter. It's, just, <laughs> it's in space. No, no, You're one, still thinking space right now. That's one who Jupits. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're listening to Jupiter <laughs> with Ring of... Uh, anyway, it's Juniper Light of Fire. Uh, who cares? <laughs> Saturn, Saturn's the one. <laughs> Let's be honest. Who cares? <laughs> We're all thinking about space. We're all preoccupied. We'll just move past the song title. How much? How much would you pay to go fly by Jupiter? Oh man, that's There's pretty not far. Enough money in the see, world. see, your whole drive by look out the window thing doesn't hold up when it comes to Jupiter because you can't land on it. It's a gas, yes, a gaseous yeah. planet. So you have to just do the drive by. But that'd be amazing. 
drive by or drive through? Well, there's a solid core to Jupiter. They just it's not yeah. the circumference. I would yeah. need I would need some details about the trip. <laughs> and two, I don't like being I don't like being in like a car, like an airplane for a long time. That's why it's a ten minute ten minutes in space because people yeah. would get bored after a while. Exactly. You, you know, I'd start be playing on my cell phone or something. You'd have that 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 uh, face with the with the metal hair and the magnet pin. You could yeah yeah. I'm, do, could, I'm doing the the woolly guy. The, yeah, the yeah. Wooly. just just joking around up there. Doing some Sudoku. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm looking at my watch. Hey, hey, Branson, we almost done, man. I, you know, I kind of got to use the bathroom. I didn't know there wasn't one on this thing. Should have should have warned us before we left because now I'm uncomfortable. So yeah. thanks. More bad news. I did all the Mad Libs in the first two hours. <laughs> You can't, and you can't unzip your spacesuit. So. Uh, R- Richard Branson, uh, listen, I was under the impression that I could charge my iPad up here because I'm, I'm at like four percent, and we're not even we're not even out of the atmosphere yet. So. You should uh, just suggestion for the next crew get a, get, put an adapter on here. Two hundred grand, I think you drop an adapter. Also, I'm hungry. <laughs> I don't know how time zones work. Like, like a like a neutral meal that could be breakfast or that could be lunch or dinner. I'm not picky. Like hot pockets or something. No, it would have to be hot pockets. It would have to because other things would fly out. You know. Yeah. Drink service. You'd have to. There's it's all tang. No, there's no microwave either. Yeah, yeah. Hot no pockets way. are a lot better than microwave. Re- I'm really good with anything. I just don't want that weird dehydrated astronaut food <laughs> I had at the Smithsonian gift shop. Anything but that. Is, are you serious? That's all you have? Okay. This was, all that I, service I, astronaut I ice cream. Uh, yeah. <laughs> serve the astronaut ice cream from the Smithsonian gift shop. Is there a freezer? Because my chubby monkey. Everyone is who little. went to the Smithsonian as a kid, that's what they, they got. That their parents bought them that in the gift shop. Yeah. Smithsonian, <laughs> the, the astronaut ice cream. It's terrible. It's just powdered sugar. Um, uh, you're out of Sky Mall too. So. <laughs> Sky Mall's old. Well, would be yeah, Sky Mall. You know, uh, I've read this one. <laughs> oh. Okay, so it's time for your feedback. So, so last last week, you know, we talked about proposals and stuff. Uh, Tyler mentioned the story of his friend who. Who rode in at a big family gathering mm-hmm. to propose to his fian- to his girlfriend? Riding- on a critically ill horse, <laughs> <laughs> a terminally ill horse that would un- die at any moment. An undiagnosed critically ill horse. It turned out in hindsight, and, uh. and, and the horse mid mid proposal collapses and dies. So it just got us thinking of the craziest craziest proposal stories that that we've heard. You've heard. And uh, you went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com uh, and uh, posted them there. You also hit us up on our Facebook page and on Twitter. Here's a few of our favorites. Well, Sarah said that uh, <laughs> while visiting a friend uh, in Egypt, um, uh, she helped him pick out a custom engagement ring for uh, his girlfriend at the time. Um, when she came to visit, he proposed in a pyramid okay. mm. in oh, Egypt. That's pretty cool. Were they yeah. like, they were down in the caverns of it or the hallways or in the catacombs i don't know sure it was in a pyramid though that's kind of cool yeah that, that's pretty epic yeah. and then at their wedding another friend proposed to his girlfriend at the reception which, which i don't know if that's good that's form or not. i don't think that I is got, good form i wonder about that unless you have the blessing of the bride and groom i'd be like yeah it's like you you special on the moment. it's yeah. beautiful yeah. the music's right got some Everyone's champagne having a good time. lame 
and then you yeah. get down on a knee and steal the moment. Steal yeah. the moment. Well, well, the moral of the story, she said both of the relationships ended up tanking. So Sarah's oh. thankful for the low-key dinner proposal her husband had settled on. Oh. And Applebee's. <laughs> it was at Applebee's. They saved a lot of money. <laughs> That's funny. Saving up for that space honeymoon. <laughs> uh, Scott Ray's um, said his friend and his, and his friend's girlfriend had been dating for five years, and they had gotten to the point where it was like, we need to get, we need to get hitched. Or Scott Ray, get off the pot. That's right. a while. Yeah. yeah. So at, at the, during this time, he said his friend hurt his back, had to have surgery. So he had this huge brace on with a ton of, ton of Velcro and was on pain meds and everything. And his girlfriend uh, took really good care of him through this time. And through that, he realized, hey, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and pop the question. This is the girl for me. Um, so he went down on, on Vicodin. He was driving on Vicodin. He bought a really, really expensive ring. Probably was not on, thinking on super Vicodin. clearly. Yeah, probably not thinking super Oof. clearly. And uh, decided that apparently he could walk because obviously he's walking around with this. That he, when his girlfriend came, they were going to go for a walk. Well, he didn't know where to hide this uh, ring, so he decided to hide it in his big brace inside the Velcro. So he literally Velcroed the ring in, took it, went on, went on this walk, and got down on one knee and <laughs> ripped open his uh, his Velcro and out popped the um, the ring. And she said, are you bleeping kidding me? And they've now been married for 10 years. <laughs> Worked out in the end. Hiding the ring in your Velcro. In your Velcro brace. <laughs> using what you got. Using what you got. Wow. No rose petals. No so. A true romantic. Michael Beckman on the podcast uh, episode page, he, <laughs> he posted one that actually includes a video. Really? Um, so I encourage you guys all to, to go watch this video. Um, it's a link on YouTube. And it takes place at a parade in which Michael is dressed as a clown. And he knew where his, his girlfriend was going to be sitting. And he was going to leave the parade. So he was in the parade. He was like he was in the parade, parade oh, as a clown. Wow. Mm. Okay. I'm watching this video, and honestly, I don't know if you guys have it pulled up there. It looks like the beginning of like the JFK assassination. <laughs> <laughs> like it looks like from the same era. There's like a convertible slowly driving down the street, and it, you know back into mm-hmm. the left, back. Into the left. Anyway, he's one of the clowns. He walks up. His girlfriend at first didn't recognize him because he was in the clown's suit. But uh, she eventually did say yes, and they've been married now for 10 years. That's good. Wow. It says here that she doesn't really like clowns, which makes you wonder why he would why choose he chose that, that, that costume. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for last week's feedback. If you want to chime in or, or check out more, uh, hit up last week's uh, episode page at the website. Okay, before for this week's, it's our now weekly segment. Hey, I have a question, Chad. Why do the jingle you make, why does it say, oops, I? Should um, it just be like, oops? Or, no. oops, I did it again? No. Why is it, oops, I? Because it's a mistake. Oh, the jingle itself is a mistake. Yeah. Man, that's that's heady. Meta. Wow, that's <laughs> yeah, very, that's, very that's meta. Sorry, A lot guys. of layers that's, here. That's yeah. crazy. I know we don't normally put a lot of thought into this podcast, <laughs> but that one took me a few weeks to work on, so. <laughs> okay, so, so it's our new segment, oops, I, where... <laughs> We uh, correct uh, mistakes and or issue apologies for last week's episode. Um, I felt like we were pretty dead on. Did we do something wrong? Yeah. Oh. Uh-oh. We, we, have, uh, we have two corrections. Um, last week, we played a song during a break, and, and, and I said it was by the band Shine Honesty. Which was actually my mistake, because I fed you that information. Yeah, I actually, every word I say on this podcast is on a teleprompter. <laughs> I, I am basically Ron Burgundy, yeah. and if you put a question mark, I will... So someone writes yeah. like a two-hour script every week. <laughs> Chad, Chad does. Yeah. 
uh, we have I don't a second get, grader. I don't who, get much uh, done around the office here. <laughs> second grader who who's who I read writes us little books. Right, right writes on a note card. Uh, the name of the band is actually Quiet Company, and the name of the album is Shine Honesty. So we apologize to Quiet Company for misrepresenting their music. Paul Caspers at P E Caspers, if you want to uh, debate him on this, what I'm about to tell you told us that the majority of goats in the Screaming Like People videos, which we've been talking about mm. lately, are not actually goats, they're sheep. So uh, according huh. to Paul Casper, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're yeah. not goats screaming like people. I've, I've got some questions about that. I'm not ready, <laughs> and I'm not ready to apologize for that. On the hilarity of the video. Yeah, doesn't change anything. So if you, uh, if you feel that that is not correct information... At P.E. Caspers on Twitter. Yeah. Just We'd let love him, to hear from just you. Just let him have it this week, guys. How dare you? <laughs> Block him. <laughs> Get him banned. Okay, it's time for this week's... Editorial question of the week. Hey. All right, so last week we, we asked for long stories, and so it wasn't uh, conducive to, 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 to Twitter replies. You know? So this week we want to ask you a very tweetable question of the week. We need... To write desperately a relevant <laughs> podcast book on how to be cool. Mm. We were inspired by the second grader and some of her amazing ideas or tips on how to be cool. We wanna we wanna know, we wanna ask you this this week's question of the week is what are your tips on how to be cool? You can head over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com, post them there in the comments. You can hit us up on Twitter at relevant podcast or on Facebook, the relevant podcast page. Answering the question, we want your tips on how to be cool. We'll read our favorites on next week's show. Many thanks to Scott Harrison for talking to us. Make sure to uh, check out Charity Water and get involved. It's an amazing organization, 100%, literally 100, 100%, 100% of funds that they raise go to uh, the field, go to the water projects around the world. Uh, check out charitywater.org, or you can follow Scott on Twitter at Scott Harrison. And thanks also to Mount Mariah. Check out their piece in the new issue of Relevant. You can get it at bookstores nationwide, the iTunes App Store, or at our website. And find out more at mountmariahband.com or follow them on Twitter at Mount Mariah Band. On that note, we'll wrap it up. Uh, apologies, we've run out of time here on World Water Day. Uh, <laughs> unable to uh, get to Matt Damon, but hopefully, Matt, you'll come back on next year's World Water Day. Uh, sorry we weren't able to get to you. Uh, just ran out of time. Ah, <laughs> oh, to be original. Ah, oh, original. Bits. We'll never know. <laughs> um, on that note, we'll wrap it. I'm, I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Jesse Carey. That's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Go follow us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast. And for more great content, check out relevantmagazine.com. You get out there and you tell people what they want. And if they don't want to hear it, you yell louder.